With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening to the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, who is oh. back from two days off. I believe you went back out to Joshua Tree and played you two all the way back out there again. Is that what you did? I did go out there Sunday. That's, okay. that's for sure. We, we did a lot of hiking, uh, a lot of rock climbing. A lot of pausing and thinking about the world at large. Uh, I want to thank all, all my friends and colleagues in our business uh, that reached out to me the last two days to make sure I was okay. Because I don't take a lot of days off. And I sure as hell don't take a lot of days off when there's something important and pressing like this. So it's, uh, it's good to be back in the chair. I'm sorry I missed the discussions and I'm uh, ready to dive headlong. 
Well, if I something was wrong, I would have said it. You had the day off. I no, said I know. No, 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 no. But were, but you folks, were out listening to you too. Do 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 I mean, that's what you were doing. You had the day. You had a couple of days off. I, I, did, did, I did do a little of that. I, I did some uh, baking with my daughters, which is always fun. Uh-huh. Uh, I did some writing, uh, trying to figure out if I could have a parody song of With or Without You that we could play and get that bass in on a full-time basis. So mm. we're working on that. All right. uh, you know, it, look, that's got to be well-crafted because if you're going after a song that iconic, you just can't free verse it with a bunch of half-ass efforts. Yeah, nah, that's true. I mean, you got to go, yeah, go, go big I mean, or go home. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So we got to make sure we workshop that. But, you know, it was it was good. Saw a lot of lizards. Uh, heard a couple of things rustling that might not have been so friendly. So, you know, it's, it's all good. Good to be back. I want to go buy a lizard. And I want to call it Harry. So I can say to him, you're a lizard, Harry. I like that. No, that's you know, good. I, I had to open with, I had to open with, a, with a Harry Potter joke. I do you're a lizard, that. Harry. Uh, but tonight might be the night as we dive into the day and what a day it was. We might have to take Drew Brees off of hold and finally put him through so we can it's explain been a minute. the controversy that he fostered today all by himself doing an appearance on Yahoo Finance. This story got everywhere fast, and and it has everybody in the NFL. To say they're upset is an understatement. So let me backtrack. We'll set this up and then break down what it means because you've heard about this for the most part of the day. Uh, Drew Brees today did an interview, as I said, on Yahoo Finance. And he was, you know, asked his opinion. Look, they're talking about everything going on in the world right now and, and, and what's happening in, in wake of the murder of George Floyd and everything happening. You know, Colin Kaepernick's name is back up in, in the conversation as far as when he was kneeling in protest to mistreatment of, of black men in the hands of police. And Breeze was, you know, look, they're just having a conversation. And Drew Breeze decided to offer up when the when the whole Kaepernick thing came up. He was asked about the the stance that he had kneeling uh, a couple of years ago in protest, in which Kaepernick hasn't been in the league for a few years. Something that we all know about. And Drew Brees gave this response that kind of took everybody by surprise. I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Um, let me let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the, the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears, thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s. And everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better and that we are all part of the solution. I'm buzzing in. People who don't get it for 500. Who is Drew Brees? Got it. Next. Let me go again. Drew Brees had a fine statement, except he prefaced it by saying, I disagree with anyone who dis- 
kneeling in protest four years ago, which started us down this huge road, which is where we're at right now. The first thing, and this is this is what is very maddening about it, and I'm glad that, that I've had a few hours just to come down from this before we came on, because this is what's frustrating about the situation. When people decide that X is Y just because they want to, right? Colin Kaepernick was not kneeling to disrespect the flag. Colin Kaepernick was not kneeling to disrespect military. Colin Kaepernick was kneeling a very vocal reason. He was kneeling because black people were dying in police custody, and he wanted to protest that. He was very upfront. This was what it was about. He had the backing of military. He had Nate Boyer with his hand on his shoulders while Colin Kaepernick kneeled because he was protesting police brutality. This was not about military. This was not about disrespecting the flag and when people want to make it about that that's what what gets me really upset because i understand that's what the flag means to drew Brees, and that's great and i I, that's fine the flag means something different to everybody else uh, to, to every single person but to not understand that this was why colin kaepernick was kneeling because it was about police brutality you seem so obtuse that i i i i I am stunned that he's made it this far as a leader in the NFL when this is something he can decide to say, not really knowing everything about this situation. It's almost like he wanted to be mad about this regardless. Because you ever have that, Mike, when something comes up, you just know I'm going to be mad about this and I'm going to find a way to be mad because I want to be mad. I felt like that's what Drew Brees is trying to do here. Stuff that builds and... I, I disagree with this. And if you're disrespecting the flag, okay. Colin Kaepernick's not disrespecting the flag. He's, He's... He's taking a stand or a knee for police brutality. It was very public. And because that's been thrown out there the past few years, remember President Trump decided I'm going to appeal to my fan, to my base by saying, hey, this guy should be fired. He's disrespecting the flag and disrespecting the military. People decided to run with that narrative. And and it was a false narrative because whatever you feel about Kaepernick, and look, and I, I have issues with Kaepernick and, and certain things he's done and could have done better than how he's done them, but you can't sit here and say, okay, he's disrespecting the flag in the military, especially when you've had people from the military say, I agree, I fight for Colin Kaepernick to be able to, to do this, to have the freedom to take a knee for police brutality. This is just so obtuse by Drew Brees on so many levels. No, but again, you know, and the unpopular opinion, and I, I fully understand why people are upset. And his teammates, ex-teammates, the only one I think that's thus far raised their hand in support of him is Joe Horn. Everybody else, from Malcolm Jenkins and everybody else has gone in. You know, he prefaces just saying, hey, here's my experience, here's my upbringing, and this is how I feel. Disagree. That's what this is all about, right? And and so for Drew Brees, that's what he said was, this is how I feel about it. And he said it back in 2006. And he said, or, or 2016, and he says it now. And so it, it's unfortunate that that's exactly what happened. We were on air for it all, right? I mean, Colin Kaepernick and Nessa, they did some things and, and put out some images that certainly helped to add to any fervor against them, right? The Django Unchained tweet, the pig socks, all of those, that's, that's not going to help your message. It allows people to hijack it. And that's exactly what happened. It became a politicized uh, stance. And for those of us that were in it and following it, we knew damn well what he was protesting. And you had a number of players do it and talk to it. But you also had a lot of guys that were afraid that their jobs were going to be lost. So they were quiet at that time. And now 
they're all talking, right? All statements and everybody's out front uh, as we sit here in 2020. And that's a good thing, right? That everybody's making their voice uh, and, and taking this moment to, to really make sure that the message isn't lost. And that's what I fear is happening here with Drew Brees is that it, it's going to be a possibility that this gets hijacked right back into that same spot that it was four years ago. Uh, which was the uh, unfortunate situation with Kaepernick. Again, it didn't handle get handled well by pretty much everybody, right? The N- NFL so ham-handed when they had to make any kind of decision. We chronicled those time and time again. And so with Drew Brees, he was just reiterating what was already on record. Brees, I assume, and if I was advising him, I would say you need some kind of big, time tour of hey i'm a meathead i'm sorry i did not take into account other people's feelings when i talked about this right that that's exactly what he needs to do because he has the entire nfl incredibly pissed off at him aaron Rodgers taking shots at Mm -hmm. him on twitter you have many players from the nfl including his teammates michael thomas taking shots at him on twitter teammate malcolm jenkins in a since deleted instagram post said this about drew Brees earlier today we're done asking, Drew. And people who, who share your sentiments, who express those and push them throughout the world, the airways, are the problem. And it's unfortunate because I considered you a friend. I looked up to you. You're somebody who I had a great deal of respect for. But sometimes you should shut the f*** up. <laughs> right. He then, you know, then the way posted, you thought it was going to end. <laughs> yeah. And then he posted another several messages right afterwards uh, on that, kind of explaining it more. Aaron Rodgers, the only thing I had pro- a problem with his message, and we had this happen where someone took a shot at one of our esteemed colleagues. It's like, if you're going to go and you're going to go after someone, put their name on it. Right. Aaron Rodgers, we all knew who you were talking about. So just well, put Drew Brees' tag in there. Oh, sure. but look, And, and get right at it. No, no, no. His message, obviously, loud and clear. And it resonated, and it gets picked up. But it's, you know what? If you're going to call someone out, like we always say, put your name on it. Oh, sure. But look, but th- th- this, is, this is about Drew Brees. This is about what, what he's getting. Oh, no, I'm not deriding. I mean, that's the only word of advice for, for Rodgers. Yeah, and I, I think he's on point to say what he will. Exactly. Uh, Brees needs that apology tour because everybody is pissed at him. Now, is this something that can't be fixed with time because look when you have a good reputation and you heard Malcolm Jenkins saying I considered you a friend this is incredibly awful for you to say this it's not something that he can't come back from it's not something that means he's going to get cut from the Saints he's still going to be the quarterback of the Saints but he needs to go on that apology tour he needs to do it publicly he needs to do it privately because if he does not address this that's when things get dicey that's when you think boy what's it going to be like when he finally walks back into the locker room you know are his teammates really going to accept him again as the quarterback if he goes on it if he if he really stands up and realizes boy i screwed this up then he can come back he can play and everything is good but if he lets this go and decides to double down and say hey no i'm standing on this i disagree then this is going to turn out bad for him because the the one thing you would expect a quarterback like drew Brees, who has led his team to a super bowl championship and is, is widely viewed as a great leader you saw it when he when he broke the record last year stopping the game from his teammates hugging him loving him he's got that kind of reputation you would think a guy like that would know 
when I want to say this, if I'm going to be anti-Colin Kaepernick, I want to be right about it, and he wasn't right about it, and I want to make sure that I know what my words are going to say. You are a quarterback and a leader of men, and to say this, you know this is going to this is going to take everybody back and go, whoa, do you know what's going on in our country right now? Have you seen what's going Do you know what this is all about? Do you know what Colin Kaepernick's protest was all about? I mean, he, he puts on Twitter yesterday the Blackout Tuesday. All right. And he writes, hey, here's some words to unite all of us. And then he comes back and says this on Wednesday. And he is torpedoing a movement that Kaepernick started. That is why we're really having Blackout Tuesday and words to unite because of a black man dying at the hands of four police officers in Minnesota. And so I, I, I really look at Drew Brees and go, you just have to think more than yourself. And that's the issue here is Drew Brees never thought more than my world and what I believe in the flag. And I'm going to tell you about my beliefs. And that's fine. You want to tell us about your beliefs. But know that when you go on you're talking in a time where we're, there's riots in the country every night. There's protests. There's wondering what is, where is the world going to be? We're never going to have a new normal. You have to see outside yourself when you're in that position of authority as a quarterback and, and a future Hall of Famer in the NFL that's going to have 20 years in the league. You have to know that, okay, I have to be, I have to know what I'm saying if I'm going to actually go on record here because my words have a lot of weight. This is where someone like Drew Brees has to be what I call smart enough to know he's dumb. We have to be smart enough to know, you know what? I don't know that I should really wade hip deep into this, but I want my teammates to know that I support them. So here's my uh, the Blackout Tuesday tweet. Here's my let's come together. Here's, here's my, my, my text of support to my teammates. We're all apart right now. But I got to know that, boy, I don't want to wade hip deep into this because I'm really not – it's not my wheelhouse to do it. And that's really where Drew Brees got into trouble. You got to be smart enough to know you're stupid. And when – because there's certain things I say it. I'm smart enough to know I'm stupid about stuff. Certain things, right, you know what, I don't know about this because I think I might be stupid about it. So I'm not going to say anything and or I'm going to just go this far with this. And I'm not saying it's about what's going on now, but certain things in my life, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on things I'm not an expert on and, and go off and, and try to convince people of things that I know that I'm not an expert on. But being smart enough to know, okay, I really don't know about, let me just say this and then not be quiet because Malcolm Jenkins said it right at the end. Drew, you got to know when to shut the blank up. And this clearly would have been better for everybody involved if Drew Brees had just not said anything. You continue to support your teammates, and that's it. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to go to the wall because look what happens when you're not ready to handle things, and that's what happened to Drew Brees. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike gets swollen dome. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios phone number 877-99 on Fox. We have more on the Drew Brees story coming up next as Sean Merriman, former All-Pro linebacker with the Chargers, Drew Brees' teammate, joins us to break down his thoughts on what Breeze said today and what can happen going forward. Keep it right here. You got to hear Lights Out coming up next. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. And we have big stories on the NBA coming up, Major League Baseball as well. But the Drew Brees saga has taken all of us by surprise today. The future Hall of Fame quarterback saying in an interview on Yahoo Finance, he will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America, an allusion to Colin Kaepernick, who kneeled to pull to protest police brutality, not to disrespect the flag or the military. In the ensuing hours since Drew Brees' interview became public today, numerous members of the NFL have weighed in very publicly from Aaron Rodgers, a teammate Malcolm Jenkins, who said, Drew, you are my friend, but sometimes you just need to shut the blank up. Current teammates like Michael Thomas also weighing in, not happy with Drew Brees. Uh, These are shocking statements made by a guy who up until today – Everybody saw as, hey, this guy's a pretty good leader. Joining us now on the hotline to help us talk more about this, Chargers All-Pro linebacker, CEO of Lights Out Brand, 
Sean Merriman. Lights out. What's happening, my friend? Hey, what's up, my man? How you doing? Uh, dude, obviously today uh, the Breeze situation. First of all, take me back. What was your reaction when you saw what happened? What you know, Breeze's statements become public. What's going through your head? Well, the first thing that I thought uh, initially was it's, it's not going to be good. I, I right right away before I saw anyone's comments and what was said, I said this this is not going to be good. It's not going to go well over what people, especially what we're all dealing with right now. It's just not going to go over. And it went like – I mean, it spread like wildfire. It really did. Um, and I was shocked because, um, you know, I've known Drew for years. I played with him. Um, and I think that what we all seen, even Michael Jenkins and some of the people who played with him, you know, calling him a friend because you know, I don't think any, any of us saw this uh, coming out of Drew because, look, Drew's – Drew has stood up and said many things and had people back and 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 um, came to the forefront of many things that he didn't have to um, from the player side to the NFL and and and, and uh, NFLPA he stood up from various causes um, but this was a shocker man I mean this it, it, it especially right now and, and people are hurting including myself I mean I can't tell you how many how many times I've teared up in the last just couple of days and watching everything that's going on and. Even tearing up watching Michael Jen- uh, Michael Jenkins, you know, put out his statement about his, uh, you know, grandfathers and his ancestors who uh, were in the military and, and, and gave their life for the country, for our country, and the whole nine. I mean, it's it's been a, a very emotional like three or four days from everybody. So I think that's that's what this whole thing is coming at right now. It's just people are pissed, people are emotional right now. So you can't say those type of things. Is this this out of character for him, or is this something that that you, you wonder just why he made this statement? Because look, as you said, he's been a great teammate. Generally, he's viewed as a great leader, and then he says this today. Why? Why do you think he said it? Well, for one, you got to come out and address the problem, right? So it's not just what he said. First, first and foremost, people have to understand you're entitled to your opinion. Whether anybody thinks you're wrong, right or wrong, it doesn't matter. You're entitled to your opinion. But if you don't address the problem and what's going on right now, even before you make your statement, then it doesn't matter what you say. You have to come out and address what's going on right here in our very own eyes before you say anything else. Because it's not what he said was all wrong. It's just you didn't even talk about the problem, and that's, that's why people are so pissed off and frustrated. Acknowledge what's going on now and, and be an advocate for it and help. And then if you feel a certain way about the flag, then you make those comments. Um, so it, it's just a very sensitive time right now. And, you know, we people are looking for Drew Brees. I mean, I, I look up to Drew Brees. I always have. I always looked at Drew as a great person, a great leader. And I know his family. I always looked up to Drew, and I admired Drew. And for somebody like that, for Drew Brees not to come out right away and address the problem and what's being put out there, that's the biggest issue of what's going on. It's not entirely what he said. He didn't he never uh, he didn't address the problem before he said what he said. If he addressed the problem then we wouldn't you know we wouldn't be here. I don't think people that had the same feelings and felt the same way about what he said, but that didn't happen. Yeah, Sean, I, I think that's the biggest part of this is this isn't new for Breeze. He did this back in August twenty sixteen. Said the same thing about the flag and disrespect put upon that but here he just sides sidestep the whole issue at hand uh and as a guy i mean in a locker room how does he win guys back how do they how do they bridge that gap 
well, they're going to have to sit around and, and, and have a conversation. Um, you know, I've seen Cameron uh, and, and uh, Michael Thomas and a bunch of people already addressed it, but they didn't address it fully because social media is not the place to do it. Right. You need to get in the room. You need to sit down and you need to have a conversation. Um, and I know a lot of people are not going to agree with this, but so what? I don't believe in canceling anybody for, for something like that. Drew has done a ton of great things. Um, but what needs to happen is a, uh, a conversation. Somebody needs to put him in a room with his teammates, especially all of his black teammates, and sit down and address this and fix the problem and, and let him know where he went wrong. I mean, people out here hurting right now. People are pissed. And you have to address the issue first. And they have to make him understand where he went wrong and why you can't say the things that you said, at, especially at this particular moment. So um, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time because, you know, people, especially when they hurt and when, and when you have open wounds and you, and you do something like this, it's just not going to go over well uh, with people. I mean, you know, Ed Reed came out and, and, and spoke about it, I seen just a minute ago. And um, – that sentiment is probably felt across the board with teammates, whether they say that to him or not. You know, I can't speak for them, but I can I can tell you that it's going to take some time, and, and a conversation behind closed doors is going to have to happen. Sean Merriman with us here, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. You know where I, I come at this, uh, Sean, is that – He's a leader. He knows. He's talked to the media so many times before, and he understands what all this is about. And he makes a statement that uh, makes me think, one, he doesn't think about more than himself when he makes this statement. This is what the flag – I really want to get out what the flag means to me. Okay, but be a little sensitive to what's going on in the world right now. And and he's not. And I, 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 I see Drew Brees going through this going, does the guy really understand what's happening right now? Is, is he out of touch with what's happening? Because I don't know how you're out of touch with what's happening when all you have to do is turn on your television or get on the Internet and you know how, how bad things are right now. I, I, I just look at this and go, it's out of character for him. As you said, he's, you know, he's done so many good things. I wonder if he's just out of touch with this whole situation right now. Uh, it's impossible. I think you said it's impossible to be out of touch right now. You can't turn on an, uh, the TV and not see what's going on. I mean, it's, it's the, not, not just in this country. It's the biggest news in the world. You know, this is not a, a United States problem anymore. This is a worldwide problem. You see people over in Europe protesting, in different countries protesting Black Lives Matter. You see this going on in the world, so you can't be out of touch and, and not know what's going on. Um, also, you know, like you said, Drew is a vet. Drew is in it. He's done so many interviews. He's been in the media. He's been around and been Drew Brees for so long that you know, people know and listen to his voice. You have to be ready for those questions. You have to know that that's going to come up. And, you know, I'm, I'm, that, that was a shocker. That, 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 to me, that was the biggest shocker. You know, if, if it's something like this going on, um, how to address that and how you want to say it and how you want it to come across. It wasn't like, you know, he was walking out of some restaurant and somebody threw a mic in his face and, and, and you know, TMZ was kind of following him. And he said that this was a, a set-up interview where you have to be ready for these questions. And Drew has been down this road so many times. And to not see him address the problem first was – I was uh, I was shocked at that. To that end, Sean, I mean, we know how the league has handled a lot of uh, its issues these last couple of years. What did you make of their statement over the weekend? Um, it was fine, but it was late. Um, 
you know, sometimes when you have these big corporations and the big companies, no one wants to jump out there and be first. And however the system goes where everybody get together, whether it's all the organizations, all the, the owners or whatever, they come out and figure out a plan and then they come out, it's just too slow. It's too, it's too slow. And I, I shouldn't say too late because it's never too late, but it was too slow. You have to be able to jump out there and, and put something out there in, in a matter of a, a, a crisis the way it is. You have, to be, you have to get out there. And you see some of the other organizations and some of the other leagues kind of being first. And, and you would hope the NFL jump out there and do something that's been a, a major problem for a very long time. So to, to finish up with Breeze, Sean, what does he have to do right now? Is it a public apology? Is it reaching out to teammates? Is it all of this? What is it? I would, I would, uh, yeah, I know we have the restrictions because of COVID and, and you know, you don't want uh, too many people in one place at one time. But however they need to do it, whoever is still in New, or New Orleans and spending their offseason there in New Orleans and getting ready for the season, he needs to call everybody he can and get them to his home, his, you know, his backyard or get in one place. And they need to have a conversation before any public uh, statement is, uh, is figured out because it's not going to be just Drew now. That, uh, that this is going to be a problem. It's going to be his teammates and the people who know what type of person he is is the ones going to help him out of this situation and support him because it's not going to be Drew, uh, just Drew Brees. I mean, the same people are right now protesting, saying F Drew Brees right down in New Orleans. I've seen that video. This is a, one of the most loved people there in New Orleans. So it's nothing I don't think he can say personally that's going to ease the pain. It's going to have to be his teammates and friends and anybody else who, who's affected who was hurt by what he said and also who has, um, you know, has had these, uh, you know, reactions in the past of what's going on right now. He's been, uh, you know, have been, um, you know, put in these situations. He has to sit down with all his guys, get them in the room right now and figure out how to approach this because he won't be able to do it just by himself. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sean Merriman. That is at Sean Merriman, four-time, a former three-time NFL All-Pro. Check him out, shoplightsout.com, all your best lights out wear, and lights out XF MMA. Hey, hopefully you guys are coming back soon. You got, you got a plan out there yet for when social distancing gets relaxed? Hopefully so, man. Um, you know, some of the other leagues are doing it. We got to jump back in the mix, man. I, I, I miss our fight. Yeah, Sean, right. I'm ready to kick Jason's ass for you. Let me know. Oh, see, I'm ready to book Merriman versus Belichick. Ah, all right, we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> Give it to the season, man. Let me have my off season with that. <laughs> Take it easy, Sean. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. See you, buddy. Uh, look, great stuff there from Sean Merriman. And if Breeze can reach out, look, that's why this is not damage that because of it's now we have a long time till the NFL season and because Breeze has a good image and and people genuinely liked him before this his teammates liked him it wasn't that he came in with an image that some people liked him some didn't as long as he does the right thing it says boy I really spoke wrongly and mainly he spoke wrongly because he made up his own reason as to why Colin Kaepernick kneeled and that that's my issue you know Sean's got the issue of hey he didn't even address the problem he just went right into I won't uh Believe, I won't agree with anyone who disrespects the flag. He made up his reason why Colin Kaepernick uh, kneeled, and that's my issue. So he's got to say, hey, I'm sorry. I put myself in this spot. I should not have. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to say things. But this is why you get things like, hey, stick to sports. 
because not everybody can get outside of the realm of sports and talk about it comfortably and positively with a point and a direction to it. Drew Brees is one of those people. For all the things he's done, and look, Sean Merriman's right. He's done a lot of great things mm-hmm. and, and, and over the course of his career. But sometimes you have to know, okay, if this is not my forte, I just want to make sure that, hey, everybody knows that I am, I am positive and I, I have your back on this and I understand what's going on with, with you and my teammates in America right now and the murder of George Floyd. All of these things I understand. But this is kind of not my thing, so I'm going to kind of follow your lead on it. Because when, when he comes out to say, okay, now I'm going to say this, oh, boy, this is where he, he, has, he has to realize I should have backed off and I should have just you, you put your support out there, make sure everybody knows, because then you come out and say this, and it's, whoa, you just ruined your entire career and your reputation in five seconds. In five seconds of talking on camera, you've done that. Well, and he was the guy that could have been governor, mayor, or whatever he sure. wanted to do. Like he, sure. You know, could have been the king of Louisiana. I mean, so to have people walking up and down the streets saying, blank this guy, I mean, that's a vast departure and shows you how quickly things can change. Lesson to everyone out there as you speak. Uh, but the big thing here, right, is, again, you know, there's a kid rock song, a bad example of a guy, but certainly at the end he's yelling, you never seen nobody like me, and he keeps going, and finally his buddy says, Hey, shut up. There's more to life than just you. And that's exactly what the sentiment here is. You know, recognize and tell your story of what the flag means to you. But you got to recognize that it means different things to a lot of different folks. And that's part of the conversation. Right. And don't let it get hijacked like it has been over petty, stupid little things and politicized. Don't let that happen again. And breeze open the door. So, TJ, maybe they should put Drew Brees' picture away. No one knows where he's been, TJ. See, I thought you were going to go picture with, with Sheryl Crow and, 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 and Kid Rock. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, he's screaming. He's like, you ain't never seen yeah. another like me, like me. And he just keeps going. And the guy goes, dude, <laughs> dude, dude, shut up. And he goes, wait, what? He goes, there's more to life than just you. Ooh. And then it ends. Uh, so there it is. Great stuff there from Sean Merriman. If you missed it, we'll get it up. You'll hear it for the best of podcast as well. Uh, Twitter at Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we got more coming up in 90 seconds. But first, be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, to illustrate just how the NBA's plan coming back, they're going to have 22 teams come back in Orlando. We're leaving the other eight teams out. To tell you the NBA did the right thing and that nobody else wanted to play if you don't have a chance for the playoffs, how many of these teams that were not invited made a big stink about coming back exactly. to play? None of them. Right. Yeah. None, of them. None of them said, wait a minute, Zero. what about me? None, none of them. You know they didn't want to come back and play. I get that none of the owners said anything because in the end, really, you want to be behind Adam Silver. And if you say, listen, sure. our plan is to have 22 teams come back. Can If you're not in the playoffs in the mix, can you just not say anything? we got to push this plan through. I could see the owners saying, yeah, don't worry about it. We're good. But players would be upset. There would have been players up until now going, no, no, why not include us? The Knicks would be saying, come on, bring us back. Not one team said, hey, we really want to come back, which tells you how many players really wanted to return. They did the right thing with this. Well, but go back to Dame Lillard, right? Hey, if I can get into the playoffs and it's meaningful, bring me. He's the only guy that talked. Mm. Everybody else kind of went, eh. By the way, do you think I'm sexy was actually released in 78. So now we have to know whether it was on the chart before or after that Playboy issue hit. I, oh. Words I never thought I'd string together <laughs> on national radio. <laughs> All right, great stuff. Brian Fenley, thanks so much. And in the immortal words of Mark Wahlberg, say hi to your mom for me. Uh, all right. uh, coming up next, Drew Brees not the only one to see if he could get the entire heel of his foot in his mouth today. Uh, oh, yes, we have another one from a big-time NFL head coach who is trying to walk back some very controversial statements. That's coming up next right here. Do, 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 do. Fox Sports Radio. I'm a big fan of sex dolls. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Oh! Live from the Geico Studios. Thanks so much to Sean Merriman. Lights out. Stopping by on the show 
earlier. Great stuff on Drew Brees. Sean Merriman, all tonight's guests appear with us via the Discover Card hotline. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score and checking your scorecard. Won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations, they do apply. Well, Drew Brees, not the only one in the NFL today to get his entire foot in his mouth and say, can I get all the way up to the shin, maybe past the knee, all the way up to the groin? Uh, Vic Fangio, Broncos head coach, trying to walk back statements made a day ago in which he was asked his thoughts about what's going on in the country and, 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 and the death and the killing of George Floyd. And he was asked about the National Football League and racism, which becomes a topic. And uh, he said yesterday, uh, you know, racism in the NFL. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't see that. I think our problems in the NFL along those lines are minimal. We're a league of uh, meritocracy. You earn what you get. You get what you earn. I don't see um, racism at all in the NFL. I don't see discrimination in the NFL. You know, we live in a great atmosphere, like I alluded to earlier. We're lucky. We, we all live together, joined as one for one common goal, and we all intermingle and mix tremendously. You know, if society reflected an NFL team, we'd all be great. Okay, no racism in the NFL. No, 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 no. He's, no he like, racism. Uh, I've not seen racism in the NFL. Not did, seen it. They're well, redoing the Rooney Rule every five minutes because they well, can't but that, get but it that, right. <laughs> but that's the point I, I, I would make with Vic Fangio because I, I think he was talking about team locker room, maybe small T versus team overall. Team, right? team. Right, the, the, but, but the, the difference being you, you've got to earn it and, and you earn your stripes, you know, in practice, in training camp to earn your starting job. Now, from coaching and assistant coaches and going up the ladder, oh, yeah, that's a whole other mess that I, I don't think he was really speaking to. No, and, and this is where Vic Fangio and Drew Brees are in very similar boats because I, I know that the, the – chic take today was to say Vic Fangio has worked his whole career. It took him this long to become a head coach of the sure. National Football League and he's saying, oh, I, I had to go through everything. I wasn't handed anything and I'm pushing that into my take. I think you're just thinking too much and you're, try, you're reaching for a different take. Vic Fangio is a guy who is in his 60s. He is an NFL lifer. He has never before last year had to worry about standing up in front of a room full of of people and run an entire football team and be the voice of an organization. He's been a great defensive coordinator, but that's you're just worried about what plays you're calling and and the and the personnel you have at hand. It's a very small fiefdom or kingdom that you have there. When you are asked to be something bigger, this is where Vic Fangio failed because all he did was look at racism from his own perspective. I don't sure. see racism. All right, and maybe in his eyes he hasn't seen it. Now, obviously, when you're in your 60s and white, you have a different view of what could be racist and what isn't. But let's just take him for, for the – I haven't seen racism. This is where, as the head coach of an NFL team, you have to understand I coach a lot of black players. I understand that they are very upset about what happened with George Floyd. I do not condone this. This is the message I need to send out because he's still not – used to the fact that when I speak, it's not just, hey, what happened in the in the third quarter when suddenly Aaron Rodgers threw for 175 on you guys? What could you what couldn't you do in the in the in the secondary? And he's answering those questions. Vic Fangio has to understand I'm the CEO of this organization. I am the face of the Denver Broncos and I need to make statements accordingly, which is the same thing that happened to Drew Brees. That's what happened to Vic Fangio. I'm just gonna tell you what I think. No, dude, you have a little bit more on your plate now. People are listening a little bit more to what you have to say and you have to make sure that, that 
that's what you're covering when you speak. You carry the shield of the Broncos and the NFL every time you open your mouth. Well, I think that's the bigger point is, is the specificity of it all, right? To broad brush it and just say, hey, the NFL doesn't have it. No matter what he meant, which is, again, how I'm interpreting it, I believe that was his apology note uh, as the night wore on. Yes, the Rooney rule really is the flashing, blinking red light for the league. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Vic Fangio, you're a head coach now. Got to act like it. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. We have more on the Bree story, but more on the NBA coming back. Coming up next, Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I hate that song. Fox Sports Radio, hour two of the program. Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Oh! And coming up in 20 minutes, we'll have Dan Wojcicki, L.A. Times NBA insider extraordinaire. All the big NBA news today. We now know what the plan is going to be that's going to be okayed tomorrow by the NBA owners. There's going to be eight regular season games and a possible play-in tournament. Yay. Then we're going to have the playoffs. And uh, NBA finals are going to go all the way till October 12th. Now, the thing about this, Mike, and, and you know, we've been, we'll talk a lot about this, and the odds are starting to come out for teams winning the title because the NBA, hey, this is our plan to return. We're going to mm-hmm. do it. The thing that I get that, that I take away from this is that we always knew the NBA was going to come back, right? Now, what, once they got through and pushed through that, okay, we have the teams coming, we're going to make sure that the teams that don't want to come don't show up, and that's fine because they, they're bringing back the 22 teams that want to play, and none of the other eight teams have said, hey, what about us? So you know they didn't want to return. But once it, it, it pushed in that direction, that the NBA was going to come back and return, and they figured it out. Now my big question is, how much bad news is this? Great news for us, great news for everybody, but not great news for Major League Baseball because they can't figure things out. We found mm-hmm. out today that Major League Baseball said there's no counterproposal going back to the players. The players came back with, we want 114 games and 70% of our salaries, and, and the owners said, no, it's less games or no season, and now they're looking at trying to strong arm in a 50-ish, 60-ish game season with the players who are going to say, we're not going to play that. So we could be looking at no baseball season. Now, look at this now in, in, the, in, the, in the scope of the NBA returning. Right? NBA is going to come back, and they're going to play all the way through the middle of October. They're coming back at the same time Major League Baseball is supposed to come back. Major League Baseball, television ratings, attendance, everything else, is going to get buried because the major league baseball is now going to be running up against the national football league and the nba the return of the nba the end of the regular season the playoffs and the star power of lebron and Kawhi and Giannis and everything else people forget the major league baseball as big as it is it generally runs unopposed for a great part of their season. All right, they start, and it's the end of the NBA regular season in the playoffs. But okay, we have room for those two things, and the Major League Baseball season's just starting. And then everything goes away, and the only real pro team sports we have is still baseball. I mean, yes, WNBA plays, there's other things going on. I'm not, I'm not meaning to, to, to belittle them, but just mm-hmm. really of the major sports, Major League Baseball runs unopposed from mid-June all the way until the second week of September. 
And then Major League Baseball still owns the week and the NFL owns the weekends. And it works. Major League Baseball's calendar works that way. And that's why Major League Baseball's been able to stay as as good as they are financially over the course of the past 20, 25 years with the ascent of the NBA. Now, Major League Baseball is going to run concurrent with the NBA. NBA TV ratings will bury Major League Baseball. All the games are going to be on all week long. And then when Major League Baseball gets the playoffs, guess what? Now here comes the National Football League. So you're going to have playoff games every single night in the NBA Monday through Friday up against the end of the regular season for Major League Baseball and then to the beginning of the playoffs, but you're going to then run that up against the NBA Conference Finals and the Finals, and oh, by the way, on the weekends, the NFL and maybe college football. I wonder if this is going to be another bit of evidence that tells owners who some of them are already ready to shutter the season let's save money we saw that story a couple of days mm-hmm, ago that sure. many owners are like listen it doesn't it's not worth it us to come back and just play we can shutter the whole season and not play i wonder how many more owners are going to go boy now who's going to watch us on tv now we're competing against a bunch of sports let's pull the plug i wonder if the nba coming back with this plan and doing it this way is going to push the mlb to not come back Yeah, I mean, the curiosity, though, is that, you know, we're talking about Vegas opening tomorrow, right? Obviously, changes have been been made, but I've watched people stream into the Morongo, not to name check, but you got a bunch of casinos along the highway as I head out to to find, you know, coyotes in the sky out at Joshua Tree out here, and uh, they were packing them in, you know, an hour line or so it would seem to just get a parking spot. Uh, by the time we're actually talking about getting back on the field, wouldn't we be talking about getting some capacity back in the stands? So maybe those losses aren't as astronomical. It might not be, you know, able to dissuade the owners of the Rays uh, and insert your favorite low attendance team here, Baltimore Orioles, etc. But certainly something for consideration. I really thought we'd settle in in that nice, meaty 81-82 game, right? Because that, that was the midpoint, I think, if we went back to our rudimentary math uh, when it was all said and done. You want this, you want this, boom, we're right in the middle. And look, hey, we're back to half a season. Instead, you look at the books. The books are all cooked anyway. But you got the books <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> Well, like you're the like you're the accountant from the Untouchables. Hey, we're cooking the books. Cook we're going to meet us anyway. Well, well, why do you the think books? the players keep saying, "Hey, open the books," because they like, want to know what's going on? You're not going to get a true accounting of what's going on and how 19, much is going to be lost. It's 1940, and you're with Elliot Ness and the Untouchables. Hey, I, I do. I, I, I wear the, the hat. It fits. <laughs> I wear the fedoras. Oh, my goodness, he cooked the books. Either way, we know the impasse is here, and now it's the battle of wills that's been brewing for a couple of weeks. Look, any any sport that comes back, we're going to find our appetite for it, right? We're going to find a way to have another screen. We'll buy another TV, damn it. We'll picture in picture until the cows come home to get it all up on there. So, you know, I I don't know that the TV side of it is is the big concern. You're not going to get lost, but... For next year, damn right you're going to be lost if you give up a full season. Oh, uh, I think the American public will be salty beyond all recognition. Oh, sure they will, but I think you get buried either way. And this is going to be MLB deciding, do we just want to have a suck it up whatever kind of season this is? And I don't know that there's enough owners that want to do it. Look, I want a baseball season. Hey, come back. Doesn't matter. Do it. We'll figure it out. All right? We got all kinds of sports coming back. It could be fantastic. But I don't know that enough owners want to do it that way. You know, there, there's been nothing so far that has told me Major League Baseball wants to return. 
every time something is proposed, something bigger in the other direction is proposed by the sure. other side. All right. You had the owner say, hey, 82 games and uh, you're going to take way less money. And the player said, no, no. How about 114 games and we get paid more money? And the and Major League Baseball says, yeah, there's no counter proposal. We're going forward with either 50 or 60 games. We're going to try to make you play it or we don't have it. And and so are the players really going to take this? Are they really going to be strong armed to come back and play? I, you know, I mean, for, for all the, the flack I give Adam Silver about being a commissioner, not wanting to do anything, at least he has found a way, and I give him a lot of credit, for in the past couple of weeks when it looked dicey and you didn't know how many NBA players and teams wanted to return, they have figured it out rather quickly and gotten everybody on board and rounded everybody up and said, hey, are you in or out? This is what it's going to be. Yes, you have a chance for the playoffs. You're not coming back if you don't have a chance for it. Great. I'm here. Let's go. Let's go play. They've been able to work together. Major League Baseball and the players are not, and they're not close to working together. I don't know that there's more than a 25% chance we have a season right now because I know a lot of owners are going to look this and go, oh, man, now we're competing against the NBA? Oh, forget it. Forget. They already don't play World Series games up against the NFL when they don't have to, and they try to move the schedule around because Major mm-hmm. League Baseball knows we can't. They can't even compete against really good college football games. That's the toughest part, boy. If you had Alabama and LSU on a Saturday night, yeah, we're not playing Saturday night because everybody's watching Alabama LSU. Baseball knows they have to move stuff around. Now you got to move stuff around even more because of the relationship and where it is right now, and because you have many owners who are already with one foot out the door. This is going to put a lot of guys with both feet out the door. Well, you got to remember the broadcasting deals, I think, if we're going to extend into that part of the conversation, because it is a lot of Fox broadcasts, and uh, I'll speak to the, to the higher-ups and where the money flows. Big-time college football and the NFL. I mean, that, that's it. You've lost Sundays, unless you want to start really late. Uh, and then you look at Thursday night games, Fox. Saturday college football wall to wall. So curiosity of how much you can move it and see how much of that audience you can retain. But certainly uh, that's part of the considerations as well, because I got to imagine that the advertising packages that get sold are contingent upon being on Big Fox as opposed to showing up on FX, FX, X or one of the other Fox properties. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. You know, the other thing about this, and when now that we know the NBA Finals is scheduled to end October 12th, there is no way the NBA made this plan without knowing what the NFL was planning to do. And not to say that the NBA was only going to try to work around the NFL schedule, but just the fact that the NBA is okay with finishing on October 12th, when now you're in the middle of the NFL, right? I mean, and, and that's one thing. The NBA, as much as the NBA wants to say, hey, we have great ratings, we have great relevance, people want to watch our superstars, yes, the NFL is a different thing. And there's no way they want to go opposite the NFL on Sunday, on Monday night, and on Thursday night. And oh, by the way, if there's no college football, guess who's going to play Saturday? The NFL. You know they're going to play Saturday. There's no way they want to go through their playoffs up against the NFL. But what have I been telling you all along? The NFL's real plan is going, is going to be coming back 
the middle of October. They That's been their backup plan, but the fact they put this out there saying, hey, we're ready to come back first week in September like we normally do, but we have a plan that we can come back middle of October and just flip the last, the first four games to the end of the season. We can play the Super Bowl at the end of February. It's very neat. It works out that way. The NFL has never changed any of their plans now due to coronavirus or anything else. But the fact they threw that out there, that they're okay with starting in middle of October, tells me that that's when they're really looking to start. And I bet you the NBA knows that's the NFL's real plan, which is why they're okay with playing this season and playing the NBA Finals up until the middle of October when the NFL is going to begin. Because I think it might be a little bit different if you're overlapping the beginning of the NFL season with games three and maybe four nights a week with what the NBA playoffs would be. So I'm telling you, I look at this and it's another day where I go, NFL's going to start their season middle of October because they want to come back like nothing is wrong. We're going to start middle of October. We're going to have fans everywhere in the stands because they don't want to come back with social distancing and somebody, you know, 10 feet from the next fan. They know the later on in the year they start, the better chance they have to have fans. And if they start middle of October, hey, by that time, the country will be opened up enough and we'll have fans coming. And it's going to be opening week for the NFL. It's going to look just like it does every other year. And the NFL is going to pat themselves on the back and go, see, we knew we were doing things the right way. I, another day where I go, the NFL start in mid-October because of the way the NBA finished their calendar. Well, I, I think there's the potential, right? That Bucks bears game on the 8th. Uh, the finals of Game 7, that would be a Chargers-Saints game. Uh, so you got that rolling for you on October 12th. Uh, but, you know, every day at least up until last Monday, let's call it what it is, uh, the NFL hadn't shown any weakness, right? The, o- the only contingency was reported in a Wall Street Journal article. And just kind of, all right, let, let's float that there. Whomever the league uh, source, the leak was there. But otherwise, not much run. Otherwise, Roger Goodell has put on his pirate captain's hat like he's Jack Sparrow and said full steam ahead. Uh, and likewise, across the country, we've seen so much change and so much had started to open up before the murder of George Floyd um, that I have to believe that when we're looking at September, as long as the numbers haven't shut back up and and we're back in in a shutdown mode that we probably will have advanced to where we can have butts and seats to some capacity like texas had laid out a couple of weeks ago so i I don't know that i'll go a full full on board that october is where they're going uh I, i think adam silver's doing his best uh to make what chicken salad out of all the options that they were given? Mm, chicken salad. Like the way I finished that, I didn't go down the the horrible way I could have said that sentence. <laughs> Twitter at How About a Fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Oh. Phone number is eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it. With their free same-day pickup, you can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in-store or curbside. If you have a job that can wait until tomorrow, AutoZone offers free next-day delivery on orders over 35 bucks. Just order by 10 p.m. At AutoZone, free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. So I'm telling you, yet another day. Here comes the NFL, mid-October, the NBA schedule showing you that. Uh, But speaking of the NBA schedule, what do we make of their plan? Eight regular season games, possible play-in tournament, playoffs going all the way to October 12th. 
We welcome in one of our big NBA insiders. Break it all down. Coming up next, keep it right here. Big NBA playoff conversation your way on Fox. Hello, everyone. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio, it is the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Oh. And we'll have more on Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Michael Thomas, Malcolm Jenkins, Vic Fangio. Yeah, it's There's a lot kind of people. Of There's <laughs> a lot of angry people in the sporting universe. Uh, but sharing the headlines today with Drew Brees and his 
statement heard around the world was, here's the NBA's plan to return. It's likely going to be adopted tomorrow. It's a formality at this point, Adam Silver's plan. Here's how the NBA is going to return. They are inviting 22 teams to Walt Disney World. They're going to play on the Matterhorn, uh, and uh, this is where the games are all going to go, so it's going to be very difficult. Uh, They're going to play in Orlando, and there's going to be an eight-game regular season and then a full playoffs. Players are going to be able to go out and go play golf and go to restaurants, eating outside, social distancing, as long as they do that. But they're basically going there just to play uh, the regular season and the playoffs. And the season's going to end with the last game of the NBA Finals scheduled for October 12th. Overall, I like the plan. I told you many times that the NBA could go right to the playoffs, but hey, why not add eight regular season games where people are starved for real action and they're going to watch it anyway. So let's just put on eight regular season games so everybody watches. Then they're all going to watch the playoffs. This is a good plan by the NBA. Does it have any flaws or is it just great? Joining us now on the hotline, a guy who would tell you, I am great, but I have many flaws. It is L.A. Times NBA insider extraordinaire, Dan Wojcicki. Dan, what's happening, my friend? I was going to say, great with flaws. That sounds familiar to me. Well, look, I, look if, if your home life is anything like mine, your flaws are exposed every couple of hours. I would say ours is generous. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that's just when they're say. found out, Dan. I, I would, I, like, I'd say this, right? So, like, in the last 15 minutes, in the last 15 minutes, I postponed dinner so I could exercise. I then, right? was selfish mm-hmm. yeah i then i then started cooking dinner and walked away to talk to you guys mm-hmm. but first i opened a beer so yeah <laughs> well I, th- I think that side trip to the beer was probably good uh, just drinking something yeah. special i mean is it a special event when you're i have us a that you go get top shelf i have a it is top shelf i have a star cloud ipa from modern times in san diego one of my favorite breweries well i guess they're they're west coast now modern times and this is another episode of Great Moments in Guy History, starring Dan yeah. Wicke. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, right, so, I, ap- I apologize to your robust female listenership. I'm no, very just- sorry. <laughs> You have uh, no idea how large that is and, and <laughs> robust. Uh, so uh, where this this plan? Look, the NBA, nothing's going to be perfect, but yep. I think what they did works out pretty well. And and mainly, I look at the fact that none of the teams who were left out of this play, regular season playoff plan, the eight teams, made any kind of noise about coming back. So you know, you invited the right teams, the ones who wanted to play, and the ones who don't want to play are sitting at home. Well, I mean, there are teams that are are, are not going to be in Orlando that want to be in Orlando. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, namely, is one of them, um, a team that very much wanted to keep playing, that wanted to get their young core together, that wanted time um, to kind of see what they have, right? Um, I, I think that's one group. But to, to me, the, the plan is fine. I, I think um, my, the big hole for me or the thing that I, if I could talk to Adam Silver right now, I would ask, I would, I would want more clarity as to why Phoenix and Washington are involved um, teams that nobody views as serious playoff threats teams that they kind of feel like they're sort of like the breadcrumbs in a meatball kind of right now. Like they're there. Um, you don't really, you're not going to probably taste them by the end of the You're using like the wrong breadcrumbs, like, crumbs, man. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like binder. Um, you know what I mean? It's like total filler. And, and to me, it, it, it sort of feels like, the things that we know, and there aren't a lot of things that we know 
generally speaking, about how this is going to work from a scientific standpoint or a medical standpoint. And the NBA has worked on this diligently behind the scenes. They haven't shared much with us, um, but they're talking to their people, obviously. And then the last thing that they want is for someone to go there and get very, very sick. It's, it's the type of thing that could set the league back years in terms of public opinion and stuff like that, um, in addition to somebody getting really, really sick. Um, but so the one thing we do know is that, right, like the, the more people that are there, the greater the chance that somebody contracts it. The more people are there, that the greater the chance, and even if it's percentage points, minor minor things here, that that person gives it to, to you know, two or three other people. And, and so to me, having two teams that, and you know, in, in my mind, are a clear tier below the 20 um, other teams that are invited, you know, that ends kind of with the Sacramento Kings, um, and that cluster of teams in the West that are chasing the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, to me, adding more games and more teams means that there's more time for people to get sick and there's more potential people to pass it on. So, like, I think there's a risk involved um, by having this, right? But the other master of the NBA has been serving on all this, guys, and we've talked about this, is, like, they want games. And this gives them, you know, a couple more games. Well, it gives them more games, and... Well, they could say, hey, there's other teams in here besides Zion, right? At that bottom end, if they just cut it off at sure. Zion, then, then you got a bigger, you know, you, you at least have yeah, to address that. Yeah, but I mean, but I, mean I think, like, room. you can just look at the standings, though, too, right? And, I mean, you can see that the Spurs, like, if you were just going to invite 17 teams, right? <laughs> and and <you> invite <laughs> the playoff teams and the Pelicans, I, I think, yeah, you, you, you know, um, you could look and say, well, these other three teams are giving them cover. But, like, I mean, the NBA, you don't think the NBA wants Damian Lillard in the playoff series? Um, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, more so than John Morant? Like, absolutely. Like, Damian Lillard is a huge star in the NBA. Um, you know, I, I think, obviously, the San Antonio Spurs are a team that um, could really, like, throw a wrench in this just because of their experience. And I feel like when you – when you take, um, when you put a team in a like into chaos, and like all of these teams will be in varying levels of chaos because this is just so different. Um, you know, you're going to have to like rely back on your bedrocks, right? And I think who has stronger bedrock than the San Antonio Spurs? So it, it's really like like to me, it, it was those those four teams in the West, in my opinion, all deserve to be there. Um, it's just when we added those next two that it kind of feels like it. it it makes me a little more cynical about the whole thing. I'll say this. I'll say that, I guess. Wow, look at you. It's, it's the How about beer. about that, huh? It's the beer. It's I, cynical Dan on what Fox Sports well, Radio. Like four hours of Lance Armstrong line is butt off. That's probably why. <laughs> why, why. I did not go back for seconds, Dan. I gave it its hour last week. I wasn't going back. I actually I actually, I actually, kind of liked it. Um, only, only to say that he, the way he talks about Floyd Landis, like out loud, is the way I think Michael Jordan wants to talk about Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as bad as things were, he said, at least I'm not Floyd Landis. Oh, my it's goodness. It's amazing. What a line. <laughs> uh, what a now, line. Going into this now, a cu- couple of big things to come to. Are there any teams that, you obviously because of the time away and how things were, any teams that are less prepared for a title run, or any teams more prepared for a big run because of what's going on? I mean, I – it's hard to say right now, right? I mean, I think there are some huge questions that I have just about what this does to people, right? Like, I think you look at a team like the Lakers, a veteran team. Um, you look at LeBron James particularly, right? And, like, LeBron LeBron is a very regimented person when it comes to his body. Like, the entire year points to 
culminating in June. Like it's a schedule, right? And they just hit you just hit pause on somebody in their late like mid to late thirties or mid to late thirties, I guess. Um, you know, his physical routine. You hit pause on it and you're gonna shuffle it up so it's all gonna be new and he's gonna no longer be able to ramp up into something. You know, it's like it's like taking a miler and turning him into a sprinter. Um, you know, and I and I'm curious to see that. I think LeBron can sprint. You know what I mean? Um, I think that, that that reserve has always been there. It's just sort of, you know, he, this is the way he's done things, and he's been very, very successful with it. I, I think that for the teams at the top, right, obviously um, the opportunity to compete for a title is something that um, was taken from them, and there's three teams in particular, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks, that I think have to feel very good about their chances, um, you know, that had to feel that way going into this. And I still feel like those teams are there. I, I do think it'll be interesting to see how the matchups shake, shake out because they're going to be teams that look very different. Um, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the Brooklyn Nets. Like they've said all along, Kevin Durant's not going to play. He is out for the year. Um, you know, the year, though, was going to be like maybe June. Yeah. And, and now we're looking at, you know, August. Um, you know, does it make sense for Kevin Durant to play 15 minutes a game, like as he kind of works back into this, I would say probably not. Um, but who knows? Like that's a question they're going to have to. They're going. That's a question they're going to ask for sure. Um, and they're going to have to ask and answer it as his on-court workouts progress and stuff like that. Um, obviously, he's lost time and the ability to scrimmage and do that type of stuff because you know there's been no group playing officially. Um, so I think that that's going to be an issue. But, you know, they'll certainly be healthier. Kyrie Irving is certainly going to be healthier. You know, this is a guy who's out for the year. The Sixers, you know, um, Joel, M- Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were hurt when the season shut down. Those guys should be back. The Blazers are going to look very different. They're going to have Yusuf Nurkic. They're going to have Zach Collins, you know, guys that they did not have at all. Like, their front court was decimated with injuries. Um, those guys, you know, should be back. You know, the Jazz look a little worse. Um, you know, without uh, without Boyan Bogdanovich, like that's a big loss to them. You know, their second leading scorer, he's not going to be with them. So, I, I, I think there's going to be like a little bit of a reshuffling. Teams are going to kind of have to resize each other up a little bit, um, just because. Also, too, we were we were so tight up the trade deadline that teams are kind of trying to figure out them, themselves. Like, you know, the Clippers were trying to figure out how to use Marcus Morris best and stuff like that. Well, like that all hit pause, and they're going to have to try to rebuild that continuity quickly. I'm not 100% sure exactly who this shakes out best for. Maybe the Bucks. they feel like they have the least adjusting to do. Um, the Lakers, like, they kind of know who they are. Um, you know, but this might just be a thing where kind of like an open run at a pickup where just like the super-duper stars are the guys that just, like, take over in this situation, right? And the teams that have the very, very best players are going to be the teams that have the, the biggest advantages. Like, sort of like the notion of teamwork maybe doesn't play out as much in this situation when there's less continuity and less rhythm. We'll see uh, how, how that gets ready to flow. One of the other topics, Dan, to take it off the court, uh, the statement, non-statement of the Knicks. Is that anything <laughs> yeah. that the league addresses in any way? I mean, I think I think it's one of the things that uh, – no, I mean, look, I think there are people within the league that know exactly what the Knicks are and know who they are as an organization, right? And I think the eye-rolling and the kind of private fuming of this and what, what should be – a cornerstone franchise in your league and instead is a franchise that does stuff like this, um, you know, that has public feuds with former players um, that, you know, has 
fans kicked out of the out of the garden for what they chant at the owner. <laughs> um, you, you know, I mean, this is, I think, just kind of another chapter in that. And it, it's funny you you think about the people that they're hiring, and um, you know, you think about Leon Rose and kind of the new front office they're putting together, and, and people that are pretty well regarded. Um, they've got some uphill work to do. It's not impossible, right? Like the Clippers built a contender out of the ashes of Donald Sterling's ownership, right? Like it's not impossible. But I think at a time when information is being shared so so freely and openly with everybody else, like I mean, think about think about how the Bulls have suffered for the, the ending of the Pippen Jordan era, right? And, and the, the big time strikeouts and free agency and all of that stuff. Like this stuff was already happening to the Knicks. Like like what now? Um, you know, in a predominantly black league, that at this time in particular, you decided just to, to, to shut up, um, and it's and, and people know why, right? I mean, Dolan can issue a statement and say, you know, we're just a sports team; we stick to sports. Like, no, like this is a guy who's contributed a lot of money to the president of the United States and to his reelection campaign. He's not very popular in the NBA, and it, it's it's just I think this is the type of stuff. You know, I say this to people all the time. The single biggest um, competitive advantage in the NBA is ownership. It's the biggest thing. It, it's you know, if you have if you have an owner who knows what they're doing, who cares about the product, who who doesn't mind spending money, who um, allows people to do their jobs. It's you know, there's no salary cap on what you pay your marketing people. There's no salary cap on what you pay your assistant coaches or your scouts or your front office people. Um, there's no salary cap on the vetting you do and the, and the money you put into marketing and all of that stuff and, like, you know, and being a good business and not just relying on your name. And, and the Knicks, by and large, rely on their name and their location. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Wojcicki Sports. That is at Dan Wojcicki Sports. L.A. Times, NBA Insider, as always, great stuff. Now you get to finish your beer. You get to cook dinner, all of That's those right. things. It's a full-service night guys, for you, my friend. Guys, at this point, it's eating dinner, all right? All right. I appreciate you for from, <laughs> from pulling me from the work, and I get to just enjoy the rewards. Wait Thanks so much. That. You're going to pay for it. See ya. <laughs> All right, take it easy, buddy. We'll talk. All right, there goes Dan Wojcicki. We got more coming up in 90 seconds, but first. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If it seems like the entire sports world is jumping up and down on Drew Brees, well, it's because they are. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. The Saints quarterback who earlier today in speaking out on what's going on in the world, National Football League, Colin Kaepernick, because it's come full circle, Kaepernick who kneeled four years ago to protest police brutality. Uh, Drew Brees said today in an interview on Yahoo Finance that he will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America, saying that he's going to disagree with Colin Kaepernick, who disrespected the flag by kneeling during the national anthem, which is not at all what Colin Kaepernick did. He kneeled because he was protesting police brutality. Drew Brees made this reason up because this is what he wanted to say about disrespecting the flag. He wasn't disrespecting the flag, wasn't disrespecting the military. This is what Drew Brees said. Oh, when I think of the flag, I think of my ancestors, my forefathers fighting in World War II. Okay, you can think about that as the flag, but don't say that Colin Kaepernick was kneeling because he wanted to disrespect the flag. He was protesting police brutality, which was very public. That was the reason. That is public knowledge. Anything else is just made up, and this is why Drew Brees is in so much hot water with teammates, with opponents across the league, because he decided to make up his own reason as to why Colin Kaepernick kneeled. And we have seen Michael Thomas, who... These guys have worked well together the past few years. 149 receptions from Michael Thomas. He is pissed at Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers is pissed at Drew Brees, although without calling him out by name. Many players in the NFL are pissed. We're going to hear Ed Reed coming up in a few minutes, former NFL safety and one of the best players to ever play the game. He is pissed. And current teammate Malcolm Jenkins of Drew Brees is so pissed, he put everything into perspective by saying this earlier today we're done asking drew and people who who share your sentiments who express those and push them throughout the world the airways are the problem and it's unfortunate because i considered you a friend i looked up to you you're somebody who i had a great deal of respect for but sometimes you should shut the up 
<laughs> he well, came in with a big hammer there at the end. It's a pretty good summary statement, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no ambiguity there. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, new teammate, uh, SMH ignorant was his response about eight hours ago uh, to all of this. Jason, there's just one question in all of this that, that I have to ask and raise my hand on is that we're talking about the open dialogue and freedom of expression. Well, Drew Brees didn't hide from what his feeling is on the flag, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's everybody's right to then bash him and, and line up to do so. But is, isn't that at the core what we're, what we're fighting about when it comes to that part of the topic? Like, it, look, we, we stipulate, and you and I have been talking about all along, for Colin Kaepernick, it wasn't about the flag. It was about the outward sign and fight against police brutality. Drew Brees just told you who he is, right, and, and made it about that part, about the flag and about the anthem, which it never really was. But then that's what it became. Uh, and I hope people don't get rope-a-doped back into that. Just keep focus. Tell him to go blank himself, if that's your opinion. <laughs> and then move back to the other task at hand, which is engulfed our country and cities and businesses and livelihoods and a lot of tears. You heard Sean Merriman earlier talking about the tears he shed this week. For me, I, I've shed many myself. It's like, all right, where have you failed? Where can you be better? And that's what we should be focusing on. You know, tell, tell Drew to beat it and then get back at the work. Drew Brees, the problem is that he made up the reason why Colin Kaepernick kneeled. And, and, that's, and that's what I have the biggest issue with, is that people and, – and he's not the only one who have made up why sure. Colin Kaepernick kneeled. Oh, he's disrespecting – no, he's not disrespecting him. Didn't do no, any no, no, of those no, no, things. No, 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 no. But what you do it for versus how they interpret they, – Drew Brees is saying no matter what his intentions were, to me it's disrespectful. Yeah, and, and he's someone that right now – he, I hope that he is at home figuring out the Drew Brees apology redemption tour because he's got to go out publicly and talk about it. I misspoke. I said this. I'm an idiot. I apologize. He's got to reach out to his teammates because you can't walk back into that locker room without solving this. And right now, I, I haven't seen anybody as mad at one player in the NFL in years seeing how mad everybody is at Drew Brees. That's how it's got to be fixed. We got more on Brees coming up next. Keep it right here. Jason Smith, Mike Harmon. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, welcome inside Hour 3. The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios. And... Just because we're sitting at 9 o'clock Pacific time, the witching hour, midnight on the East Coast, doesn't mean that new opinions and new thoughts on Drew Brees aren't coming in as we speak. To set things up for you, Drew Brees has now become the most hated man in the National Football League because of an interview he did earlier today on Yahoo Finance. Even more so than Roger Goodell himself. Uh, yeah, it's tough. Hey, right now, Gary Bettman's going, hey, everybody still loves me, man. This I is I told you, awesome. man, almost a full week now. Uh, but for Drew Brees, 
He did an interview, and, and obviously when you're talking to athletes right now, you're talking about what's going on in the world and, and, and the killing of George Floyd and four Minneapolis uh, police officers who are now all going to face charges uh, in mm-hmm. his death. Uh, this is the topic. It's pushed coronavirus. We don't even talk about coronavirus. Well, I mean, that's we a, whole, that's that. a whole other discussion to it's have like, down it's the like line here. We even have that now. Now it's about this. And what's come around the past couple of days obviously have been the thoughts on Colin Kaepernick, who four years ago kneeled before the national anthem and started a big movement because he was protesting police brutality and brutality of black men and the hands of police officers. And he wanted to make sure that, hey, we can't stand for this. This can't happen. So he kneeled prior to NFL games. And you know the story it's become the past four years or so. When he was asked about that today on Yahoo Finance and Colin Kaepernick, who knelt to protest violence, he was actually led in that direction by the guy asking the question. Hey, Kaepernick, what do you think of 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 his protest now and where the NFL is? And this was Drew Brees's response to that question on Yahoo Finance. I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the, the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So that was Drew Brees, who said he will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America. And what doesn't make sense in this, Mike, and wait till you hear Ed Reed coming up in a second. Oh, my goodness. What doesn't make sense is that Drew Brees is a smart guy. All right. He's been a quarterback in the NFL for a long time. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best I've ever seen. He is a pretty good leader. His teammates up until today have always loved him. He has done great things in the National Football League. He has a great reputation. How he says this at this time in the country, when you want to criticize Colin Kaepernick, what he's done is criticize Colin Kaepernick for kneeling to protest police brutality, which, oh, by the way, is why we're here right now. Eight nights of protests and and lockdowns and curfews because of the killing of George Floyd at the hands of police officers. This is why Colin Kaepernick kneeled. And this is Drew Brees criticizing Colin Kaepernick for it and making up a reason why Kaepernick kneeled, because it's public knowledge that he kneeled to protest police brutality, not to disrespect the military, not to disrespect the flag. In fact, many military vets have publicly supported Colin Kaepernick's right to do this. Many have even said, I fought so Colin Kaepernick can have the right to do this. Nate Boyer, who is one of the most uh, high profile uh, former NFLers and, and members of the military, one of the big weeks when Kaepernick was kneeling and it was everybody watching, what he, was he going to do? Boyer had his hand on Kaepernick's shoulder while he kneeled. He was the one that told Kaepernick, hey, don't sit, kneel for the anthem mm-hmm. and, make your, and make your cause known. It, Boyer was with him every step of the way on this. And still you get a guy like Drew Brees saying, I- I'm going to make up the reason why Colin Kaepernick knelt. That's what I, I, I have problem reconciling is that this doesn't fit with who Drew Brees is. But it doesn't matter because he said this. 
He's got to own it. And like I said a few minutes ago, if he doesn't go on the apology uh, repentant tour right away, you can't walk back into that locker room. People are so mad at him right yeah. now. We played Malcolm Jenkins saying, Drew, shut the blank up. You know, guys he's got to throw the football to, and Michael Thomas are mad at him. Aaron Rodgers, quarterbacks never say anything about other quarterbacks. That doesn't happen in the NFL. Well, except you're Baker Mayfield and you learn your lesson and don't say anything after that. But quarterbacks never say Aaron Rodgers is criticizing Drew Brees. Everybody is on it. If he doesn't do that, how does he go back in and be the quarterback of the Saints? I don't know that he can be. Well, I ask this respectfully. Uh, of the situation for those that are chiming in. Where was the condemnation of Drew Brees four years ago? I don't remember it. We oh, were there were air, people didn't... who were upset, but obviously... No, 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 but it did, did a... it become this? Yeah. No, it didn't become no, this. No, it, it didn't become this, but right now we're talking about curfew and riots sure, and looting but... and violence. And right, but we were also talking about right, the, the number of incidences in short order. So, you know, for Drew Brees, he's speaking his truth. You could dis- disagree with it and be angry with it, and that's how he perceived the anthem, and and he took it directly to that spot, right, which is and wrong. He, and he, well, but it's wrong, his that- it's his opinion of. You could find basically say find another way. Don't do it to the flag, right? Uh, no, that, I, that's, I, basic, that's, not, that's basically that's what Drew Brees opinion. is saying here. No, Colin Kaepernick was very it was very apparent. No, but my point this is, is why it I'm doesn't doing. matter if Colin Kaepernick had went and stapled a, a letter on his shirt. Drew Brees was going to feel about that how he was going to feel about it. Right. Yes, you can feel how you want to, but don't but don't say that this is what's happening because this is not Kaepernick disrespecting the flag. You're you're making it to fit your narrative because you were upset that he for whatever reason you're upset that so I'm making it fit my narrative. Oh yes, he's disrespect because he went on the whole conversation talking about the military Correct. and 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 what he thinks of. Right. You know Other players have have uh, forefathers and people who played uh, came before them that took part in the military and they're okay with taking part in in this uh, right. protest and kneeling so it's 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 he's making this fit the narrative of what he wants it to be he's taking the Kaepernick story and he's taking the truth and he's saying okay I want to kind of move things around just to fit how I want to talk about it and uh, I, I got an issue with that I'm just going trying to get into where Drew, Drew Brees's head is Right. In, in terms of this particular case. And look, it got politicized. And this is the where the we hit that dangerous fork in the road where everything becomes an obfuscation and diversion from the task at hand. Right. In terms of how do you solve the case of black Americans being killed in cold blood? Right. On the streets of America with filming going on. Right. That the next level, right? We always said when when Ray Rice's incident happened, it got that much worse when you saw it. I mean, can you stomach what happened to George Floyd? No. But for the anthem part of it, Drew Brees is just speaking, like, wrongly so. I think we can all agree. A, tone deaf. B, there's more to life than just you. And C, that it wasn't what Colin Kaepernick meant at all. But that got hijacked. And for Drew Brees, it became about that flag. And it became, you know, the, the flag stands for the freedoms, right? And Colin Kaepernick was saying, well, we're not free. And I got to stand, you know, I've got to kneel down to stand up for what, what I believe in. And, and that was the message. But we saw that it, it got hijacked. And unfortunately for Drew Brees and for others, that's where it stayed. And so for everybody to call him out, good. He's got to wear it. But he's also got the right to say it. 
Oh, yeah, he's got the right to say it. But when you're not talking the truth, that you're, you're talking a version of what you think it is. And that's not what this is. It's like me saying it's sunny out today. And if it's mainly sunny, but there were a couple of clouds, yeah, that's, and then you come in and say, well, no, it wasn't really sunny out today. It was cloudy. Well, why? Well, there were a couple of clouds. Out sure. There. Yeah, but the sun was out. It was sunny. No, I'm saying it was cloudy. But that's not really what it was. You wanted to say it was cloudy because you saw a couple of clouds. Meanwhile, the sun was out. It was out all day, and everybody was out getting you know, sun, and maybe somebody. Right, but I can also go saying I'm, I'm only it. happy when it rains, too. Uh, so if there's clouds in the sky, it would say partly cloudy on the weather forecast, wouldn't it? Or it, mostly sen- sunny, depending on which forecaster is showing you the news. Well, this is saying, hey, mostly sunny for the forecast, and Drew B saying, no, no, it's not. It's mostly cloudy. Because th- this is what Kaepernick... Th- th- it's not in dispute why Kaepernick kneeled. It's not... Well, th- No, the only reason it was pushed that way, and everything was, oh, everything was died down, and then President Trump decided, hey, I'm going to stoke my base on this. He made it very public. He mm-hmm. jumped into the world of sports when this, was, this uh, was obviously done, and he said, oh, you're disrespecting the flag, disrespecting the military, and suddenly people picked up on that narrative when that's not what it was. And, well, but, and, that, but that and, goes and back to where, intent versus interpretation right right is colin kaepernick here was my intent and here was my message you chose to interpret it a different way and no matter how much you shout at him if that's truly how he feels is he going to change his mind well i would hope that breeze being the leader he is and this is this is where i say he's got to wind up talking to people is that i don't know why he would say this knowing full well what the world is like right now i mean you have to be so obtuse and out of touch to think that i can say something like that and criticize colin kaepernick when everybody is on edge and people are dying because starting with george floyd because of 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 a killing that happened in police hands that we all got to see i don't know how you say that and think this is going to be okay Breeze failed to think about more than himself, right? And this is where I, I, I subscribe to the philosophy, and I do it myself, is to be smart enough to know to not be stupid, right? It's like, it's like keep it simple, stupid. You hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Listen, sure. kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Don't get too much in your own way. And that's kind of the same thing, is to be smart enough to know to not be stupid. And when, by that, I mean be smart enough to know, okay, I, maybe I shouldn't say certain things on this because I don't know how it's going to be perceived. I don't know if my point is going to get out there. It's not my wheelhouse. And if it's not your wheelhouse, then don't get involved. If it's not your wheel, be smart enough to know as a leader here, as the most high-profile person in the state of Louisiana, as, as, as one of those high-profile athletes in the world, I have to know that what I say is going to carry weight. I want my teammates and my friends to know I am behind them. So he puts out the message on social media. Media, did Blackout Tuesday. He was talking about moments of unity and, and people coming together. But then when you want to get into a whole big interview on it, you, you, you're not comfortable talking about it or you think you're comfortable, but you really aren't. That's where you have to make a decision and go, you know what? This is maybe not what I should be doing right now. And for everybody on social media who's saying, oh, so Drew Brees isn't entitled to his opinion. No, of course, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But number one, talk factually about things. And number two, make sure you get out and you say what you want to say. Because if you don't say what you want to say, then, oh, my goodness, then you are going to have to worry about backtracking on it and if you say what you want to say 
guess what? You talk about freedom of speech and having your opinion. Everybody else has a freedom of speech to say what they want to about you. It doesn't mean you can't say it. It means you have to be ready for what people are going to mm-hmm. say to you again in response. You can't have freedom of speech and freedom of responsibility. And that's what so many people confuse things. Well, he can say whatever he wants to. Yeah, he can, but you want to be responsible for what you got to say. No, and that, that's absolutely right. Absolutely. And and he's got to wear it. I, I'm just saying, you know, from the perspective of, you know, he, he exercised his right here and how he felt about the Kaepernick situation. And I'm not saying he's right, but it's his interpretation. And no matter how long you sit down with him and you can draw diagrams, you could put it in as a play for Sean Payton to put into the game plan. It ain't going to change his mind. He said exactly, almost verbatim, what he said in 2016 in August about the same exact thing. There's no nuance. There's no change uh, in in him. Like He's done a lot of things in the community. Joe Horn is the one teammate at this point that has raised his hand and said, that, you know, Drew, Drew's not that guy. I don't think Drew's that guy. Maybe he's not that guy. Everybody else is standing up. Cameron Jordan immediately had a note and that said, you know what? I'm going to refrain because this needs a talking. And this is where it goes back into the locker room eventually. But for now, everybody like it's open season from LeBron James to current and former teammates all across the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, even though he didn't put his name and, and, and tag him, uh, he certainly, there was no doubt of who he was checking with, hey, it was never about the flag. And no matter how rational we are and we say, yeah, we know that. Look how easily it was taken apart back in 2016. And I, I pray to God that Drew Brees saying this on Yahoo Finance isn't the thing that disrupts us again. So it, just to give you another point about how what players are feeling about him. We played Malcolm Jenkins for you before. You heard what, what Aaron Rodgers said. Here's Ed Reed, former All-Pro safety in the NFL. Uh, we did the best job we could bleeping everything out. His thoughts on what <laughs> yeah. Drew Brees said. I see Drew Brees trying to do his part in keeping black folk down. You're a straight sucker for that, Drew Brees. We all got kids, so I'm going to try to mind what I say right now. Drew Brees, you're a straight sucker, man. You're a sucker for that, bro. Why you think all these young people out here protesting? Why you think they out here protesting? The looting, I can see you speaking on the looting and saying that's bad, you don't support that. But why you think all these young people out here protesting? I really ain't got no more words for you, bro. You're a sucker, man. Straight BS, man. Straight BS. And for all my Saints fans, for all my New Orleans people who still like your ass just because they want to win games, y'all right with them. You understand? Drew Brees, you're a sucker. You're going to be a sucker. You understand? Punk, man. I'll tell you, that, that Drew Brees apology tour is working overtime, right? They're making coffee and staying up late going, okay, what do we do? What do we do? How, do? how do I do this? How do I come back from this? Because he can't not. He can't. When, when it's this bad, this quickly for him, this is everybody in the end. This is a mm-hmm. who's who of National Football League that, that is in on Drew Brees. I mean, this is not something that's going to go away. I would firmly expect tomorrow, if you don't hear something from Brees, we hear the announcement of an interview he's going to do somewhere where he's going to talk about this or in some kind of setting with other players, with his teammates, maybe with Michael Thomas, maybe with Joe Horn, maybe with other players. But I, I really 
really think by this time tomorrow we have something from Drew Brees on this because uh, it, 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 whatever goes by with silence, he looks bad. He doesn't say anything. He looks bad. He doubles down on it. He looks worse. And I, I don't know how it gets better other than facing this head on and doing it really, really quickly because the rest of it, oh, boy, that's really difficult. And he put himself in this spot with what he said. Yeah, Joe Horn, people like LeBron James criticizing Drew Brees don't know him. Okay, that's fine. But this is what he put out in this particular time and space and didn't uh, talk at all to the situation and conditions that we're in. And you've had four years, teammates to have called him to task and to have these have had these conversations. If those were done, shows that this is how he felt then, and this is how he remains to this day, and there's no changing. And I know a lot of people were putting that picture of him sitting in the box, he and his wife with Melania uh, and the president uh, throughout the day today. So that stands uh, in, in in alliance with you know the the comments he made. People then making the politicization is that right yeah yeah sure you got it 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 sounds wrong but uh the politicizing of this and and taking it back into that vein and i just throw the hand of caution this is what happened in 2016 twitter at how about a fresca mike at swollen dome the jason smith show with mike Harmon live from the geico studios uh coming up next we'll have more on this because now revisiting colin kaepernick four years later the big change that probably would have happened if everybody could do it all over again. We got that. We got Vic Fangio. We got big news from the NBA. Got a big night right here on the show. Keep it here. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C. And trending topics on social media. As well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big fan of sex dolls. Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. The Zeta we needed that. is in full effect. <laughs> we needed that, America. Oh, boy. 100%. Welcome no inside. No question about it. Uh, welcome back for your two days off, buddy. Uh, Thanks, buddy. It's a, good to be uh, here. Yeah. Did you, did you oh. have a good time uh, out in uh, Joshua Tree listening to you 2 and uh, kind of hanging out when it was like 150 degrees? Yeah, I had a little every breaking wave in there. Uh, you know, we added some U2 to the playlist. Uh, you know me, when the daughters are in effect, it becomes a uh, show tur- tunes kind of thing. So an awful lot of Last Ship and uh, Beetlejuice. But yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. Uh, obviously, a lot of heavy thoughts and and really big world kind of picture things, right? Not just, hey, what's on my to-do list for the week, but really, uh, you know, strikes to the the soul and heart and all those things so here we are do 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 well that bass resonates i mean we had a 5.1 earthquake i didn't feel it knock wood did not feel it it was all over twitter i'm like where was this earthquake it was in san bernardino which is you know not far from where we are uh near where t-shirt lives Uh, we didn't i didn't feel it no i didn't feel it but between that the short-lived run of the murder hornets the imminent arrival of the cicadas and everything else in 2020 yeah damn man (laughs) let's just let's just move on uh, Tysha, do you guys feel the earthquake in the studio or no? I think we probably felt it more than others since our building is on rollers. So yeah. it kind of made the building sway a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I figured like since this year is already as it is, just give us everything now. So next yeah. year is better, right? Just get- <laughs> is there any tombs with unopened crypts? We'll open them now. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, being in a building with rollers, I have to it's say, a trip. It is a great yeah. thing because it's built to withstand earthquakes. But it is not fun while the earthquake is going because you are moving around. I remember, just to take you back real quick, the first time around here at Fox Sports Radio, it was in 2000. And we were in the studios in Sherman Oaks, where we were, and we weren't downstairs on the bottom floor, upstairs, like two floors up, and it was a Sunday night, and I was doing updates, right? I was just doing updates, not doing a show, just doing updates from like 7 to 11 p.m. So I go on, and I start, and I start doing an update, and while I'm talking, the building starts to shake, and we're having an earthquake, and I'm going, oh my God, and I look over, and it was me and the technical director doing the, the job Alex Teicher's doing. His name was Michael Cooper, really nice dude, and he says in my ear, he says, oh yeah, we're having an earthquake, and it was pretty big, and it's going for like 20 seconds, and I'm saying to myself, 
Michael Cooper is going to be the last person I ever see in this world. That's what's going to happen. Right? We're the only ones in the building where he's going to be the last person I see. And then obviously it calmed down and everything turned out to be okay. But when you get those moments because your building's on rollers, oh, man, that is not fun. That is not You know, I was actually at the herd during that big one, the one that Colin freaked out uh, during. Oh, were you really? Yeah, I was filling in that day for one of his producers, and I tell you not, like, that is probably the worst earthquake I've ever felt, that yet again we're on rollers, but that was scary, dude, with all the equipment around. It shook for a good 20 seconds. Mm, I'll tell you, it is, that is no fun. But it's all over uh, social media, and it was in San Bernardino and everything else, and uh, yeah, hey, reminds me, I gotta gotta call and check on Tyshirt's mom, make sure she's okay. Uh Well, you do, you do. I mean, and you say that right in Brian Fenley's face? I know, dude. Wow. Dude, Jay, real talk, though, is there anything Anything worse than an earthquake? Uh, well, yeah. Like natural disasters. Natural disasters. Sure, there could be. Many There's things. no way. What if? What if all the murder hornets showed up at once? Oh, that's different. Like, that's you get pretty bug bad. spray. What can you do to an earthquake? Nothing. Literally, just hope it doesn't get worse. Yo, know, you got you got earthquakes. You have tidal waves. You have uh, sharknadoes. You have lots of things. Uh, the sharknado. Okay, sharknadoes. Yeah. The sharknado is a whole well, other listen, thing, man. Especially because the sharknadoes find a way to land on people. You would think that we'd be able to get away from them, but no, they land on people. You're not Neo. You can't dodge that. Oh, I mean, that's it's, next it's level targeting right there. No, no earthquake. No earthquakes. Nah, earthquakes are pretty bad. Number and my, one. And my next door neighbor, who has, she's ninety years old, nicest woman in the world. I love her to death. And and part of you know I, I can I you know in missing my mom because I kind of feel like she's you know she's kind of that role in my life right now. Is she says to me after an earthquake, she would say, "Did you feel the earthquake yesterday?" And I say, "Yes." Oh my God! She goes, "You know there is no greater feeling than feeling the earth move beneath your feet." Wow! It was so. I go, "Are you?" I insane? feel. The earth. What a hot take that is. Are you nuts? You live next to Betty White? Oh, well, not until she talks. Oh, hi. Let me tell you about that. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. And feeling the earth move, there was never a better feeling when you were a kid. I go, oh, wow, you're you're crazy. Seriously? No better feeling. No, it's it's like just feeling helpless. Going, well, hold on, hold on. Like I think everybody does the same thing in an earthquake, right? They, they always say go and stand in an, in a dory, which really isn't the right thing to do. It's it's basically stand in. in there's a nothing spot. right to do. No, there's not. Just stay away from where something could fall on you. That that's the main thing. But I guarantee you, everybody does the same thing. The earthquake happens. They stay in place and they try to control it with their mind. Going yes. stop, stop. And I think that's what stops earthquakes. Everybody wants the mental power we have in just saying, stop, 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 stop. Okay. And then the aftershocks come and you start yelling that again. And so wait a minute, wait a minute. And your dog is really sad. That's how it goes. He's like, what did I do? Uh, yeah, those are. That's I think how people, everybody does react during an earthquake. You just you, you mentally stop it. It's like when you're uh, if if I'm when I was learning how to drive and and I would first get my license, I'm in the car and I'm I'm driving and you know my, my I'm driving with my mom or my grandmother, whoever doesn't think I'm driving well enough. If I'm coming up to a, a stop sign and I'm not stopping fast enough, they try to hit the invisible brake on their yeah. side and uh-huh. try to go oh, stop. Let me try to stop. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I know that one. Break. My my grandmother, who never drove and never learned to drive, just Ugh. never did. She still had that down pat, man. Let me tell you. All right. Well, it's hey, like, what the, the hell are you stomping on the floor? It's like, well, that would where the brake would be. Like, <laughs> How do you know this, Graham? It's like, shut up. Twitter it out about a fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Now, with everything going on with Drew Brees, it's time to go back a little bit. Breeze, who earlier today said he will never agree with anyone who disrespects the flag. Uh, 
making an allusion to Colin Kaepernick and his kneeling before NFL games to protest police brutality a few years ago. Breeze has come under fire, and rightfully so, for all of his comments. And as a result of this today, we have now put Colin Kaepernick back into the spotlight where he hasn't been uh, since he's been out of the league for a few years. And if you could go back now to when Colin Kaepernick first began to kneel, I guarantee you the NFL would do it differently because the NFL didn't want to get involved in something political. Oh, this is really tough. We don't want to be known as a league where where people are kneeling and, and maybe people stop watching the NFL because a quarterback kneels because that was a false narrative that people stopped watching the NFL because Colin Kaepernick kneeled. That was an abs. No one stopped watching because Colin Kaepernick kneeled. People are watching different ways and when you see a little bit of a decrease in ratings, it's either because you're local team stinks or more people are watching red zone that's the way it goes that was there was nothing to correlate Kaepernick kneeling with not watching but the NFL believes so and then they got pressure from President Trump when this was just about to go away President Trump stood up and wanted to fire up his base so he said these NFLers these blankety blanks should be fired from their job for kneeling and it's disrespecting the flag and it is disrespecting the military none of these things which Colin Kaepernick was doing and then the NFL really was scrambling and and then it was okay we don't want protests to happen and it became a really difficult situation but if the nfl could do it all over again i'd like to think they would say you know what we'll let kaepernick kneel we're not going to say we're not going to kowtow to pressure from from anybody politically we're not going to kowtow to pressure from fans we're not going to listen on social media when people say i'm not going to watch football anymore just because one person online says i haven't watched it down in the nfl since kaepernick kneeled yeah really are you just saying did you really do it or are you just saying did it because you want a grandstand you know nobody was not watching if the NFL could do it over again, they would understand. I'd like to think they would understand that stick to sports is just not going to happen. They're not going to get athletes to stick to sports, not when sports is asked to solve a lot of problems that we have in society. When certain things come up, whether it's racial or sexual or drug wise, whatever it is, hey, sports, help us out, show us the right way. Stick to sports is not going to happen anymore. Knowing that, I think the NFL would have said, Colin's going to kneel. We're not going to draw any more attention to it. We're going to allow him to do what he wants to do, and things are going to go, and we will ignore what happens on social media. We're going to ignore what the president is saying. We're going to ignore all these things and do our own thing. And if they had done that, the NFL would be in a different place, and they, they would understand that letting people say and do the right things or exercise freedoms is a pretty good thing because look where we are right now. And not to say that if the NFL had allowed it, would be we'd be in a that much better place. No, I don't know that for I don't know that at all. But would the NFL be in a better place, and maybe players have a better uh, Im- impression of the NFL? Would they be less at odds with everything Roger Goodell does and says? Would it be more harmonious? Oh, you're damn right, it would be. And if the if they could do it all over again, they would let Kaepernick do his protest. They would allow it to go however long it went and move on from there. Because stick to sports is just not happening, no matter what the NFL wants. You're not putting it back in a bottle i think the other thing that comes into play though is the fact that you wonder how many more players would have gone and become part of what colin kaepernick was doing because there were it was never really hit critical mass right you had some you had some conversation but you had a lot of guys who while they may have agreed and wanted to speak and act they didn't 
There was uh, Aaron Hicks. Uh, I'm sorry, Akeem Hicks uh, of the well of the Bears. He uh, was on a podcast uh, earlier in Chicago. Quote, admits he was scared he would be fired if he knelt like Kaepernick. Now, he had just signed what was a pretty sizable four-year deal when this went down. So we're talking, uh, what was it, about $30 million or thereabouts, a, a contract, and still said, you know, what happened to Kaepernick validated his fears. And so, the, you know, they wondered how the NFL can rectify the situation. He gave his answer and said, well, we signed Mike Lennon. Yeah, <laughs> there's your right. I mean, so you get to a punchline on it, but yeah. it was very telling. The audio of it uh, was starting to make the rounds in Chicago a little bit. Was just the, you know, you had a lot of players that were worried about their status because Kaepernick was a Super Bowl going quarterback, and still found himself on the outs. And so a lot of other players felt the same. Likewise, you know, like with the NFL, would they go back and do something differently? I damn well know a lot of players probably would have acted and spoken a lot differently. Yeah, more would have done it. More would have talked about it, and then it would have become acceptable, and people wouldn't have thought anything of it. They would have gotten used to it. And look, there would be people that didn't like it, but by and large, would it have been the firestorm it's been for the past few years? No. It would have been, okay, this is what, and, and hopefully we're doing better at it. And, you know, going back in time, you would, if you would allow that to go on, the NFL had been more open to it. The NFL would be a different place right now. It really would. Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. We got more in 90, but first. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Uh, it's not just Drew Brees who is in the crosshairs of the entire world tonight, not the only NFL personality who stuck his whole foot in his mouth, as today Broncos head coach Vic Fangio is trying to walk back a statement he made yesterday in that he doesn't see racism at all in the National Football League. Now, Fangio uh, was doing an interview, and you're going to hear him in a second. And look, obviously, any NFL athlete, coach, NBA athlete, coach, MLB athlete, coach, anybody doing an interview is going to be asked about what's going on, protest, the killing of George Floyd, and your thoughts on racism and race in America and what is happening. And Vic Fangio said something that I think took a lot of people by surprise, and today he's trying to backtrack from it. I think our problems in the NFL along those lines are minimal. We're a league of uh, meritocracy. You earn what you get. You get what you earn. I don't see um, racism at all in the NFL. I don't see discrimination in the NFL. You know, we live in a great atmosphere, like I alluded to earlier. We're lucky. We, we all live together, joined as one for one common goal, and we all intermingle and mix tremendously. You know, if society reflected an NFL team, we'd all be great. Uh, I will say that I think in sports like the NFL and the NBA, 
you don't see racism as much as you do in other sports because you it's about working together and people of all different backgrounds. I will say I think you see it less, but there's no way you don't see it. Look at the NFL. They keep having to redo the Rooney rule. They were going to give good draft picks to teams if you hire a black head coach. And retention GM. bonuses. I mean, it's, I mean it, the NFL can't get the Rooney rule right. I mean, it's, it's insane. So for Vic Fangio to say, I don't see racism in the NFL – this is a lot like Drew Brees in that Brees, in being a leader and Brees being a quarterback and Fangio being a head coach, they need to know that the statements they make are going to carry more weight. And with Fangio being the big headline he was today, I know people are trying to dig really deep into Fangio and saying, oh, he probably said this because it took him so long to become a coach in the NFL and he worked really hard at it. And that's, he's a, now, that's a load of crap. You're asked a question about racism <laughs> in the end. No, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter about that's a, You're just trying to make something up to make it think like, oh, boy, you're really deep on it. Oh, you're deep on it. Yes. Oh, yeah, deep. You're not deep on it. This is Vic Fangio, who up until last Last year has never had to really worry about what his opinion is more so than the defense he is running with any said team as an NFL head coach you are more than just a guy calling plays you are someone who is the face of the organization and what you say has a lot of weight when you're a defensive coordinator the only time people are talking to you about stuff is they want to know what happened in the third quarter when you couldn't pick up when, when your blitz couldn't get to Aaron Rodgers and he threw for three touchdowns that's what you're answering and you're comfortable answering those questions but Vic Fangio, who hasn't become a head coach until now, suddenly finds himself thrust in the spotlight. And when he says something like that, whether it's true or not, it's what he believes. He's got to know as a leader how that statement sounds coming from a 60-plus-year-old white guy who maybe over the course of his career maybe doesn't see racism the same way or didn't see instances where this was kind of racist, but he didn't see it that way for whatever reason. And I'm not saying Vic Fangio is lying. I'm not saying that he's making things up, but you know, certain you have different views of racism when, when you, the, the different races you are. So for him to say that, I don't see racism in the NFL – this is where a head coach has to say, okay, what I say is going to carry a lot of weight. And so I want to make sure what I'm saying, I say it the right way. And obviously with the blowback he got, he had to go out today and make another statement. Quote, mm-hmm. after reflecting on my comments yesterday and listening to the players this morning, I realized what I said regarding racism and discrimination in the NFL was wrong. While I have never personally experienced those terrible things firsthand during my 33 years in the NFL, I understand many players, coaches, and staff have different perspectives. I should have been more clear, and I am sorry. And this is his lesson going, Okay, now you should have known already, but look, he's never had to answer those questions before. So when you're asked that, you give an answer, you think it's a simple answer, and then you, then you in retrospect, you go, oh, yeah, I kind of blew that one. Yeah, oh, but okay, yeah, now, I, now I'm in trouble a bit. Yeah, I think there's a couple parts to it. First, you know, when I heard it, and it started making the rounds again, you know, in between the I still haven't found what I was looking for phase of my couple of days off was do, 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 this do, is a coach do, 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 do. basically saying, look, in the locker room, in my locker room, in the locker rooms I've been in as a coach, I don't see color. I don't see any of that. I haven't seen racism because if you're good, you get on the field. Right. If you yeah. warrant it, the only, the only thing it knows is the guy with the big contract has to play beyond that. <laughs> everything else flows. Now, you know, the statement today, you pull it back and you've obviously got blowback. And and certainly we can look at the quarterback position where we've had a lot of struggles 
And you could certainly look at the data and, and it would suggest that, you know, a black quarterback who struggles in his first destination doesn't always get that second shot, right? A black head coach or coordinator that struggles in that job doesn't always get that second bite of the apple. So, uh, you know, when you go up into the coaching perspective, going from position to coordinator to front office, that's where you obviously have systemic problems when you're tinkering with the Rooney rule and having retention bonuses bandied about. So I think the first was Fangio, the coach, and then he, uh, he got wise. Twitter at how about a fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome. Again, Breeze. And he had the same kind of issues. We got more on Breeze coming up next hour with Sean Merriman. But straight ahead, the NBA is coming back. What this means about the NFL? Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios. Happy slide over baby hour. Yeah. We got Sean Merriman coming up in 20 minutes, former All-Pro NFL linebacker, former teammate of Drew Brees, with some big opinions after Brees said earlier today he'll never agree with anybody disrespecting the U.S. flag, a shot at Colin Kaepernick, which has earned him a response from basically everybody in NFL saying, Drew, what are you doing? And in the case of teammate Malcolm Jenkins, who said, Drew, shut the blank up. Yeah. Uh, so we got that. It's a really big deal. But also, the big deal tonight, the NBA is coming back. And tomorrow we're going to get a league-wide approval of Adam Silver's plan to continue and restart the NBA season. It's a great day. It's a great day to have this, and the particulars of the plan are pretty good. They're going to invite 22 of the 30 NBA teams to Orlando to finish the regular season, which is going to be eight games. That's going to figure out the playoffs seedings. That's going to figure out the teams in the playoffs. There is potentially going to be a play-in tournament, depending on how many teams are within a few games of the final playoff spot, but they're, fig- they're figuring that part of it out. Then we're going to start the playoffs, and then the NBA Finals is scheduled to end on October 12th. This is not just about the NBA. This is actually a decision that is about the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the National Football League. You think it's just NBA? No, no, no. It's about all three. First, let's deal with the NBA. 22 teams coming back. Eight teams are not. And if there is any bit of evidence, Mike, that the NBA made the right decision in, in not inviting all the teams back, all you need to know is this. This entire time that the NBA has been talking about 22 teams playing tournament to get to 16, uh, there has not been one word from any NBA teams that would be left out of this that they were really upset to not be allowed to come no, back sure. and play. In fact, here it is. It's put out today. Agent Wojnarowski puts it out, and it's going, to be, it's going to be verified tomorrow. And we have not heard from one team saying, this is ridiculous. We need to be there to play. Now, I get that maybe the owners aren't going to say anything because Adam Silver could say, listen, guys, this is the plan. And I need you all to be behind me on this and not uh, be upset and say, oh, we're left out. We're left out. We don't like this plan. We want to push this through because this is the plan going on. So the NBA owners, even if they disagree with it, they would say, all right, we won't say anything. But clearly the players would have said something by now. Anybody who's going to be the only thing we got was Damian Lillard saying, well, if I can't play in the playoffs, I ain't coming back. We had Steve Kerr saying, "Eh, we'll come back if you need us to. But privately, the Warriors were saying, we don't want to come back and play. You would have heard 
from all these teams, how pissed off they were about not being able to finish the season and, and go and move on to the playoffs, but none of them have said that. So you know they didn't want to come back and play, and the NBA evaded a really bad headline by saying, okay, it's these 22 teams with a shot, and it's worked out, it worked out right for them so far with this. Yeah, they'd had enough, uh, all those teams. And let's face it, you got to – if you're bringing everybody back, we've talked about it at length, the idea of how many extra support staff personnel uh, have to be there, how many people representatives from the Disney World resorts as, as we look at Orlando as the site, league officials, team officials, you extrapolate it out. I mean, that's hundreds more people that would have to be there, many of whom had no desire to come back with the pandemic for one and the season suspended, but to add the events of this past week, I think everybody is just happy to tap out and just say, you know what, we'll see you in the fall when we're ready to, to get back to back to work where, you know, we're back to some level of calm, whatever that becomes. Uh, and with a clear direction of, of moving forward, because I mean, for all, you know, the teams that were at the bottom, just assume they were coming back after a couple of weeks and just said to hell with it. And guys have been sitting around eating pints and pints of ice cream and, and acting the fool uh, and getting themselves out of basketball shape altogether. So, I mean, you have no idea that. And, hey, you guys have a .001% chance through this cockamamie scheme of getting into the playoffs. How would you feel about coming back for two weeks' work? <laughs> I, I, I think that's a hard sell, right, of, hey, let's – ramp it up for two to three weeks of a training camp for those couple of games. Now, when it comes down to the dollars and cents, uh, and you can put it out on a spreadsheet and tell it to me like I'm a five-year-old, then perhaps you know that's enough to change minds. But you also want to keep this as simplified as you can. Now, the in-game rules, that's a whole other mess that they're trying to create from what we've seen thus far. But the actual structure, it gets them all the stars that they wanted in. Obviously, no Bulls or Knicks, so we're both a little salty too. But... Uh, you know, we, we move forward and you can get back and start creating a new timeline and schedule to get that next season readied as well. So that's where you're at for the NBA, right? They did the right thing coming back here and figuring out, look, there's going to be no right way to do it. hundred percent. There's going to be some people who are not a hundred percent on board with, well, why are we doing the play in like this? Could we do the play in differently? But this is what I like to say as you can't do have a perfect solution. You got to have the best uh, solution open to you. And this was the best available under the circumstances. Now, what this has to do with major league baseball is maybe even more interesting. Wait till we get to the NFL. The NBA has figured it out, and I give them a lot of credit because just three weeks ago it was, hey, swipe left if you want to continue the season, <laughs> swipe right if you don't want to play. But yeah. the NBA has figured out they're coming back to play. Everybody is on the same page here. And you have Major League Baseball who can't even get together on anything. Every time a proposal is made, the response is further in the other direction. There's no negotiation. The owners said to the players, we want less games and less money for you. The players said, we want more games and more money for us. And the Owners and MLB said today, there's no counterproposal. We're going to talk to the union about trying to strong arm in a 50 or 60 game season, which let's face it. Are the players going to play? No, they're not going to do that. But this is where Major League Baseball is at. But this is where NBA is such a big deal. We already have baseball owners who are happy enough to shutter the season to not continue to play so they can cut their losses. Right. Not have to pay salary, not have to pay employees. They can cut it and we'll go back and play next year. 
Major League Baseball enjoys the most opportunistic calendar of any sport because baseball begins in April. And what's going on in April? Beginning of baseball, the end of the NBA regular season, and the playoffs. So, okay, you're sharing the calendar a little bit with the NBA regular Mm. season, but the NBA regular season is not that big a deal. The beginning of the Major League Baseball season is. That gets more attention. NBA gets to the playoffs, and okay, baseball's got to share it a little bit. But the NBA playoffs end middle of June. It's over. Then what happens? Baseball, as far as games that matter and games that count go, baseball then runs unopposed from the middle of June to the middle of September. They get a full three months of the high life. Yes, we have preseason NFL and we have, a, we have Vegas as summer league, but games that count, Major League Baseball has that sweet spot in the calendar where they run unopposed for three months. So, of course, baseball is front page news and relevancy. It's clicks for Major League Baseball on the Internet. It's people in the stands. It's people watching national games on TV. Now, if baseball comes back, what are they going to be playing against? the end of the NBA season, which everybody's going to watch, and right into the NBA playoffs, which everybody is going to watch. And then you're talking about baseball trying to go to the playoffs when the NBA is playing in the playoffs, and then the National Football League starts. Where is the spot for people to watch baseball on TV? Where is that spot for people to say, you know what, national rating is going to be through the roof, everybody's going to watch? It's going to get buried because you're already going to have NBA games every single night of the week while Major League Baseball is coming to the end of the season and playing the postseason. You have playoff games every single night of the week. You're going to be in the conference finals. It's going to be LeBron and Kawhi and and Giannis and, and oh my goodness. You're going to have that. And then you're also going to have three nights a week. NFL's on Sunday. Monday, Thursday, and guess what? If there's no college football, NFL's going to play on Saturday. Major League Baseball will get buried. And if it gets buried, and, and seeing this, I can see even more owners who have one foot out the door right now on canceling the season can go, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm out. Let, I'm out. We're going to get, are we really going to get the money revenue-wise? Are people going to watch? We're going to get lost in the shuffle. Let's come back and we'll play next year. I can see that happening. Yeah, it was a... Uh... I think you got the perfect storm of, of things happen to set up here. The NFL just sitting back, all Montgomery Burns going, come on in. Try to come into the fall. We <laughs> dare you. So I, I think a lot of the planning goes, how little of the NFL schedule do we have to run up against? Right. <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's really all it is, is. All right. And if we space games like this, we'll limit the damage, right? And people are still going to be so thirsty for sports after this long layoff. Everything works, right? And that's the NBA. Major League Baseball. Can you settle on 81 games? Nope. No further proposals. Slam the table and walk away. I, I don't know you know, wh- how they don't have somebody raise their hand calmly and just kind of explain to them. They, the monies still flow in from TV and, and everything else if you actually have a season. And if you're in that dire straits, and we've talked about this, that having a shortened season is going to end you, then you probably shouldn't have owned a baseball team because you were banking on the league rev share to save you anyway, right? So that's a whole other thing in terms of the vetting of the ownership club. But when we get into, and that's a whole other thing, that's the discussion of owner, and and that term comes up again in this process uh, this past week too. So uh, I I didn't mean to use it flippantly for those of you out there. It's just a much larger conversation. Uh, But, yeah, for Major League Baseball, 
you're at a, a tough road here. You got a lot of potential, you know, a lot of big stars, but none of them who are great personalities necessarily. Guy, we're celebrating an anniversary of a big moment, Yasiel Puig. That was seven years ago. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have a lot of guys that are front and center that you can say, hey, we're bringing you back. And you already did the PED era, and you saw how all your baseball people turned on those guys as fast as they could uh, once once word got out. So I, I don't know that you can go down that road again <laughs> uh, to try to save things, even if we do have uh, a couple nights of a documentary, a docu-series coming up on that. But, yeah, it, it, it's really the tenuous spot as you get deeper into the calendar and you don't come to the table with a an actionable item right and stop trying to let the discussions of a year or five years from now dictate what you have to do today as relates to the money situation you'll make it back up again and then some in a year's time so don't be prisoner of the moment as far as that goes but either way i'm just excited that we're getting close to action other than the pitch and the racing world, Smith. And as much as I love the Bundesliga, I need more. (laughs) Well, this is where it gets to the NFL. And you know that I have told you the NFL's number one plan is to play mid-October through the end of February. The NFL has not stopped for a second on canceling anything from their calendar due to coronavirus. They have not. And people I've, I've talked to and know... I am pretty comfortable in saying that this is the NFL's number one plan. They're going to start mid-October because they want to start with fans in the stands just like a normal NFL season. And the longer they wait, the better chance they have of getting fans in the stands. Look, we're probably going to have fans in the stands when the NBA comes back or, or if and when somehow Major League Baseball figures it out because we're starting to open up now. States are saying, hey, we can open up our, our uh, stands to 25% capacity. No, the NFL wants to come back when they can come back full like the NFL didn't skip a beat. They don't want to show any weakness at all. So you know their plan is to come back the middle of October because that's going to be the best chance they have to do it. And knowing that the NBA is okay with scheduling the end of their finals on October 12th, that's where Game 7 of the finals would be, you know there was some kind of phone call, correlation, correspondence, intuitiveness that NBA knows, okay, we're okay with having our NBA finals here because the NFL is not really going to start until the week after this anyway. So we're okay with having it because there is no way the NBA said, here's what we're going to do, knowing that we're going to play our NBA finals and it's going to be up again Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football. What are you going to do, play Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Friday, Saturday. No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to fight with that part of the calendar. And so you know they want to play. They don't, they don't want to play against big college football games on Saturday either if we have that. So seeing this today and, and the, hey, this is where the NBA is going to finish their finals. Oh, yeah, 100%. They know the NFL is planning on coming back middle of October and the NBA can finish their season and the next week we get the National Football League. See, you're too kind. I still th- say it's a rope-a-dope play urging them to come in to show how much they can crush Adam Silver and no matter what. <laughs> no matter what they try to bring to the table. Lakers, Clippers, blank you. We got Saints and Chargers. Let's get it on. <laughs> we got we got Jags, Titans coming your way. Oh, good you luck. Know, you. And you know what? The Jags, <laughs> Titans would outrate it by three times. 
<laughs> and you know it, and I know it, and you're damn well sure Roger Goodell knows it, too. Well, especially Tannehill coming off last year. I mean, that's getting Minshew potentially and, playing well, quarterback. That's right. Yeah. DJ no. Chark getting it done. But, no. I mean, the, the reality is if you're going up against the NFL at all, you lose. Yeah. So oh, the, of course. So, you don't so want the to. bottom line is your, your whole schedule, as you put it together, you're sitting there going, how do we avoid them? At every turn. And if that means a lot of Tuesday-Wednesday games, it means a lot of Tuesday-Wednesday games because you got to do everything you can, no matter how thirsty America is, to watch and bet said games and play fantasy. That's key. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.